Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of My Cancer Story Podcast. I am Jess Nelson and your host. Buckle your seatbelts, everybody. This episode is going to be a wild ride. It is unlike anything I've ever done before in My Cancer Story Podcast. I feel like I've been saying that a lot, but it's true. Today's guest is going to blow your mind, and you will learn so much uh, behind the science of nutrition, behind the science of disease and the body and how it can heal itself. Uh, My background is in sports medicine and also integrative nutrition. So this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. Um, It's so interesting to me, and I just don't feel like there's enough information out there about it right now. So I do ask all of the listeners to please keep an open mind. It's very different than what you may have heard before, but today's guest is going to teach us so much about the topic. Today's guest is Dr. Patrick Vickers. He is an expert in cellular science behind health and disease and is the face of Gerson therapy worldwide. He was trained by Dr. Gerson's family, which is Charlotte Gerson, and is one of the few people who have studied Dr. Gerson's handwritten files. He continues to carry on Dr. Gerson's legacy through his clinic, the Advanced Gerson Therapy Clinic in Rosarito, Mexico, the world's premier clinic for natural treatment of cancer and advanced disease. Now, Dr. Vickers is also featured in a documentary series called The Truth About Cancer, A Global Quest, and one of his patients is also chronicled in the classic documentary, The Beautiful Truth. This episode has so much information. I had to take a lot of notes. I recommend you taking notes, but the way he breaks down the science of disease and the science of the body, it just makes so much sense. You are just going to soak up all this knowledge, and I want you guys to just maybe listen to it a couple of times. And I, I feel like we we need to revisit with Dr. Vickers too, because there were just so many topics that we didn't cover. So I don't want to take too long on this intro. I feel like it's already too long already, but a huge take home message right here is an ounce of prevention is a pound of cure. So guys, please, please enjoy this episode. I know I enjoyed recording it and editing it. It's amazing. Please meet Dr. Patrick Vickers. Okay, everybody. Well, welcome to another episode of My Cancer Story podcast. Guys, I have an amazing treat for you today, and I'm really excited for this next guest. Uh, Today, I have Dr. Patrick Vickers with me. Uh, He's an expert in cellular science behind health and disease and the face of, uh, used to be the face of the Gerson Institute. Yeah, the Gerson Uh, Therapy. Yeah. Gerson Gerson Therapy. therapy. Thank you. I apologize. Gerson Therapy Worldwide. Uh, He was trained by Dr. Gerson's family and is one of the few people who've actually studied from Dr. Gerson's handwritten files, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, He continues to carry on Dr. Gerson's legacy through his clinic and um, the Advanced Gerson Therapy Clinic in Rosarito, Mexico, uh, the world's premier clinic for natural treatment of cancer and advanced disease. Um, He's also uh, been featured in a documentaries, uh, The Truth About Cancer, A Global Quest, and one of his patients is also chronicled in the classic documentary, The Beautiful Truth. So Dr. Vickers, thank you so much for joining me today and for joining the My Cancer Story podcast. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. So I feel like 
there are so many topics for us to cover and like mm. just our brief conversation before we we clicked record i um i already learned so much about you so from here i think let's just get started on on your background uh how mm. you got interested in a very specific sub subject of uh the science and uh behind health and disease and the non-traditional yeah. science and um treatment of it as well yeah so ever since i was 11 years old i wanted to be a chiropractor uh, a friend of our family's was a chiropractor and they were staying in our home for the weekend when their five-year-old boy was sleeping in my room with me one night and he woke up at like three in the morning with a cough that would not stop he coughed literally for 20 30 minutes straight and finally his father heard him and came upstairs lied him on the end of my bed and adjusted his neck both ways and he stopped coughing immediately he did not cough the rest of the night and I was, I was 11 years old and I said, that's what I'm going to do for a living. So here I am a year away from graduating chiropractic school and a woman by the name of Charlotte Gerson was invited to come speak at my chiropractic school. She was the last living daughter of Dr. Max Gerson, who Nobel Peace Prize winner, Dr. Albert Schweitzer called the greatest genius in medical history. And as soon as she opened her mouth, I couldn't believe what I was hearing that her father was reversing virtually every single degenerative disease, including terminal cancer. You know, as a chiropractor, you understand that the body's capable of healing itself, right? Yeah. But you don't understand that it's capable of healing itself on that deep of a level. Mm -hmm. And so when I heard it, I knew it was true. Instinctively, you know, she told us we were being lied to by the US government, the pharmaceutical industry. And so I knew it was true. And I said, that's what I'm going to do. And so I had a year away from graduating what I always wanted to do, chiropractic. Mm -hmm. And I finished school. And as soon as I finished school, you know, I dedicated my life to lecturing around the world on Dr. Gerson's work. And she saw my passion for it. So she invited me to come live with her for two months at her home in San Diego, where she had all her father's handwritten files in her inner garage. And like you said, I'm one of only a handful of people who've ever studied the greatest genius in medical history. I mean, That's he's been, yeah, he's been dead 60 years now. Yeah. And and he still remains the greatest genius in medical history. So, so here we are. And uh, I've had now, you know, that's 25 years ago. And I now have a clinic in Rosarito, Mexico, the Advanced Gerson Therapy Clinic, where we're carrying on Dr. Gerson's life and his legacy. You know, I just mentioned to you that Charlotte Gerson had died uh, three years ago. And so the face of the Gerson therapy left us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's really nobody left now. Uh, to carry on Dr. Gerson's work and legacy, and, and she did it for 45 years. So, you know, by default, you know, it kind of leaves me as the person taking on the torch and the baton, you know, to carry on Dr. Gerson's legacy forward. So that's what I do. I think that's incredible. I was, I was like mm. the perfectly said, I was going to say you, you've carried on the torch from, from Charlotte yeah. Gerson. Yeah. So with, with that being said, um, how, can you tell the listeners who may not be familiar with Dr. Gerson? I've, I've first heard of him. I actually did a nutrition certification through the integrative, uh, Insti the Institute for integrative nutrition out of New yeah. York. So okay. we learned a little bit more about different types of nutrition, um, different diets, having a different diet, um, how food can be either your medicine or your poison and how everybody is different. And ultimately yeah. like what you were saying, 
the body will heal itself if you give it the right tools. Yeah. And that's, I think when I started hearing like about like these different, uh, physicians, these different doctors who actually had this integrative approach as opposed to just throwing prescriptions at you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so I started, you know, educating myself a little bit more, doing a little bit more research and watching documentaries. And I started the documentary that I first heard uh, about uh, the Gerson Institute down in yeah. Rosarito was yeah. in uh, Food Matters. So like that really we talked about it off air, like really like made my head spin. I was like, if I ever got cancer, I would go down there instead of opting for chemo. Um, at the time I was, I was very healthy. I was vegan. I, uh, you know, like I had the purest of, of intentions with that. And like fast forward, how many years later I had thyroid cancer and we discussed a yeah. little bit. Um, I fairly had, I had a fairly easy process and it cut out no recurrence, no evidence of disease coming back. So that's really yeah. great. Yeah. But for the listeners out there, can you educate them a little bit more about uh, the history and science behind maybe uh, Dr. Gerson or the history of medicine and, and how he came to be a little bit more about him? Yeah, it's great. You know, Dr. Gerson was born in 1881. And <clears throat> in order to pass a, uh, in order to get into university back in 1900 in Germany, you literally had to pass an exam out of call, out of high school. You couldn't get into university without passing an exam out of high school. And, and on the calculus portion of his exam, um, his professor put a question on there that he'd never seen before. But he managed to come up with such an elaborate solution that his teacher couldn't tell him if it was right or wrong. What? Yeah. And so, so she sent it to all the top university math professors in Germany at the time. And they all wrote back saying, we have a mathematical genius within our country. And they all tried to recruit him for math. And so when that happened, his family recognized they had something very special in their midst. So they literally all got together at the Gerson household, aunts, uncles, brothers, sister, mother, father. They all got together at the household to discuss what Dr. Gerson would study when he went to university. And they all agreed that they didn't want him to just go ahead and study mathematics because they felt like you would be locked inside a cubicle and an and a auditorium just teaching math equations his whole life. And they didn't feel like he'd have a great impact on humanity. And so they all decided that he should study medicine when he went to college. And so he was sent off to university to study to become a medical doctor. And he ultimately became a surgeon. But when he was a student at the University of Freiburg, he was suffering with severe migraine headaches. So bad, he'd have to lock himself in a room for like an, you know, several hours at a time. And at that time, if you wanted a superior medical education around the world, you went to Germany to get it. Yeah. So he had all the top professors in the world at his disposable, at his disposal, mm -hmm. and nobody could help him. He couldn't get the help he needed. And so he decided to set out and cure himself. And he completely cured himself of his migraines by completely altering his diet and his lifestyle. He cut out all the salt, all the fats, all the alcohol, all the processed foods of the standard German diet, which is the same diet that the world's consuming today, right? Yeah. And so he completely cures himself of his migraines. Well, when he graduates, he opens up practice at the university uh, in, at the, in the city of Bielefeld. Okay. And he starts using this migraine diet on his patients 
When one comes back completely cured of their skin tuberculosis, completely cured. Now, this is at a time when tuberculosis was killing about a million people. That's a big thing, yeah. Yeah, that was killing millions of people. Well, a guy by the name of Ferdinand Zauerbrook, who was Europe's leading thoracic surgeon, the one operating on all these lung TB patients, heard that this guy named Dr. Gerson was curing all these people of tuberculosis. So he embarks on a study with Dr. Gerson of 460 TB patients. And he says to Dr. Gerson, if you cure but one of these patients, I'll believe every single word you have to say. And Dr. Gerson cured 450 out of 460 TB oh patients. Yeah. And in fact, Albert Schweitzer's wife, Nobel Peace Prize winner, Albert Schweitzer's wife, Dr. Gerson cured her of terminal tuberculosis. When, when they had just had a young child together, you know, so she was someone who was affected by Dr. Gerson's treatment and was cured of terminal TB. So TB, you know, so he starts curing TB. Well, Hitler comes to power. Gerson's a German Jew and he has to flee to France. And then when Germany inv invaded France, he fled to Manhattan. And he set up practice on Park Avenue in Manhattan. When a woman suffering from severe um, advanced cancer of the gallbladder, the stomach, and the liver heard that Dr. Gerson was living and working in, in Manhattan. So she approached him and begged for his tuberculosis treatment, but he wouldn't give it to her. He refused to give her his tuberculosis treatment. Because even back in the mid-30s in the United States, if you were a medical doctor and you started treating cancer with nutrition and anything outside of the standard protocols of that time, mm -hmm. you would have been ostracized and, and you would have potentially lost your license. Mm -hmm. So he understood the political and professional ramifications of treating cancer with nutrition even back then. So he refused to treat her. Well, she kept coming back and coming back and coming back. And finally, he got so tired of her coming back that he agreed to treat her in secret. Okay. And he completely cured her of all three cancers. And so he said at that time, he said, I can no longer turn my face away from this deadly scourge of cancer. And he dedicated the rest of his life to treating advanced cancer to the professional and political ramifications and consequences that he would suffer. Up until that point, Dr. Gerson was one of the most published men in the world. When it was discovered that he was reversing advanced cancer and the threat, the imminent threat that he became to the system, mm -hmm. he was prohibited from publishing in all major medical journals around the world. He only ended up publishing like in the last 15, 20 years of his life, mm -hmm. like three or four or five publications in rinky-dink publications around the world. He was prohibited from publishing in all major medical journals. And that's a shame because for yeah. being such an intelligent and well-respected mm. physician to be blackballed uh, just because it was um, a treatment was out of the ordinary and yeah. kind of it, not studied yet. But that's okay. Like, I feel like, you know, if you're finding, finding like these awesome results, like yeah. why not study it and do more and publish and, and everything like that. Why? I, 
I feel like I know the answer, but why do you think like there was such a fear surrounding him treating, treating cancer and treating TB or treating like these, these diseases, uh, with nutrition and a changed lifestyle? Yeah. So it wasn't just the fact that he was reversing disease. Mm -hmm. So in 1946, a bill came to the floor of the United States Senate. It was called the Pepper Neely Anti-Cancer Bill. It was designed to appropriate $100 million in funding to anyone who could show promise in the realm of cancer research. Mm -hmm. Well, word got out that there was this guy named Dr. Gerson who was curing advanced cancer. So he was invited to testify July 1st through the 3rd, 1946. And when he testified, he brought five of his most terminal cancer patients that he'd ever had, and all five walked through Senate chambers doors. Mm -hmm. So sh completely cured and so shocked was everybody in the Senate chambers that Senator Claude Pepper himself, who sponsored the bill, said Dr. Gerson dedicated his life to the mastery of this scourge of cancer and all should honor his great work. But what people don't understand is those three days he wasn't just talking about his treatment for cancer. He was talking about all the things that were causing cancer back then, which are all the things that are causing cancer today. Yep. The food industry, mm -hmm. the agricultural industry, right? The, the agrochemicals, oh, yeah. the, the pollution, big oil, right? The, en <clears throat> the energy industry. These are all the same industries that are feeding the pockets of our politicians back then and now. So you can imagine the red flag that went up through all of Washington when this guy's talking about the things that are causing cancer because it would have exposed them all. Yeah. So Gerson was to give an interview to the international press after that testimony. And he's whisked away to the international press room and he sat alone in that room for an hour and a half. He was never interviewed. The international press was whisked away to another room and an impromptu party was thrown on their behalf. And so the world never got to hear from the media about Dr. Gerson with the exception that that day there was a man there named Raymond Graham Swing. Who's Raymond Graham Swing? Well, back then there was no TV. So if you wanted to listen to the news every night, you gathered around your radio at seven o'clock Eastern and you listened to ABC, NBC, or CBS radio. Yeah. And so CBS's anchor that you would have heard the news from was Edwin Murrow, the world famous Edwin Murrow. And then NBC, I'm not sure who the anchor was there, but ABC News, the anchor was Raymond Graham Swing. And he'd been working for ABC News Radio for 33 years at that point. And he was present at Gerson's testimony. When he went on his radio broadcast that night, he told the entire world, he said, please forgive me if I don't have my morals correct in talking about the stories that would have led the night, which would have been the Truman anti-racketeering bill had been signed, something regarding Trieste in Italy ending World War II would have been, had been signed that night. Mm -hmm. And he went on to tell the entire world that Dr. Gerson was reversing virtually every single disease, including cancer. 
the switchboard at ABC News Radio lit up for nine hours straight after that program of people all over the world begging to find out where to get this cure for cancer. Mm-hmm. That was a bold move on his part. Well, he ended up getting fired. <laughs> I was about to say, that's a big deal in any he, <laughs> he got fired two weeks later mm-hmm. after working for ABC for 33 years. So this is the imminent threat that Dr. Gersten to this day, I can give you four or five more examples of the very same thing that happened to Dr. Gerson during and after his death, where he was completely censored by the international media. So that's the state of affairs that we're in today. And unfortunately, uh, within government and, 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 and medicine and the news, it's money talks. And, all money. And you, you have all these people that are, that's how they, that's how they see the world. And if it's anything threatens it, that's, they, they got to shut it down. And unfortunately not everybody is given the opportunity to hear different alternative treatments that's right. or, or options that they could have. Like maybe they don't want to take it, but I think everybody should be presented with that's right an option for themselves. That's right. And that's why I felt like it was so important to have you on here for people to hear and, and to understand that the history of integrative medicine, even though it's, it wasn't called integrative medicine yet. Um, so with, with what he had discovered and, and after all of this, like what, what path did Dr. Gerson take to, to help people? Like he couldn't do it in the U S essentially blackballed. How did, how did that go from there for him? Well, he continued to treat people Okay. and yeah, he did. He, they weren't able to take his license from him, but they oh, did good. take, yeah, they did take away Um, Or they may have temporarily been able to take his license away, but they did completely ostracize him. They cornered him. They censored him and they took away his membership from the New York State Medical Society. You know, so he he was completely blackballed from the moment it was discovered. But he just continued to treat people in spite of people telling every you know, everyone saying he was crazy and that he really wasn't reversing disease, because we all know that's not the case. You know, eight movies have chronicled Dr. Gerson's work. No other therapy has that exposure on an international scale, not even close. And so why? Because the Gerson therapy is the most, you know, renowned therapy for its ability to reverse advanced terminal disease. So he continued to treat people, uh, but he suffered severe consequences for it. And that's too bad. Mm. Yeah, because like... I was going to ask you, and I think that's going to probably go along along the lines of other topics that we do cover, but it's just more than anecdotal evidence for him. And was he finding reoccurrences of cancer down the line at years to come? I'm not sure if I'm jumping ahead or anything like that. Yeah. You can can still get reoccurrences with traditional, quote unquote, traditional treatments with uh, chemo, radiation and all these things. Was he ever finding reoccurrences down the road? Well, you know. You have to do the Gerson therapy for two years. Okay. And, and once you're cured, you're cured. I mean, there are no reoccurrences. Once you're cured, you're cured. I, I mean, there's 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 reoccurrences if you go back to living the diet and lifestyle, you know. You have to but yeah. once you maintain the foundations of the therapy, you know, which it's really not a therapy. It's a lifestyle ultimately. Yeah. So, you know, the therapy cures you. The lifestyle keeps you healthy, right? Yes. Um, but, you know typically tumors will disappear within the first year. And if you go off the therapy in the first year, 
it's coming back. Okay. You need to spend that second year literally restoring and rebuilding your body. And so, you know, once you're cured on the Gerson therapy, that's it. You're cured. Again, unless you go back to living the way you did previously, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like a dog returning to its vomit, they say, right? So, <laughs> you know, you just, you just don't do that, analogy. right? Yeah. yeah. It's not, I think it's a Bible quote, you know, oh, it's funny. like a dog returning to its vomit, right? But anyway, you know, so um, no, you're cured, you're cured. Now, my experience since I've had my clinic, I can't tell you how many recurrences I see after conventional treatment. So someone's diagnosed with any cancer, they do conventional treatment, sent home with a clean bill of health, unless they have radically, radically changed their diet, their lifestyle, their environmental exposures, it religiously comes back. But by the time it comes back, now it's had the time to metastasize to other organs. And a lot of times it's too late. There's so many cases that were unable to help. Had they done Gerson from the beginning, they wouldn't have had recurrence. I see this. I can't tell you how many times a week. Wow. That's, it's gotta be, yeah. for lack of a better term, frustrating just because you know, the, you, you've seen firsthand the, the science and the effects of, of doing the Gerson therapy. And then um, just not everybody knowing about it or, or not, um, I guess, being fully entrenched into it. And That's exactly life, right. Lifestyle. And it got, like you're saying, it goes with everything. Like if you want to lose weight, you're going to have to change the way you eat. So and, That's and you right. can't just go back to eating junk because you'll gain the weight back. It's the same thing, but it's full. Compliance, full compliance is a huge issue. Compliance mm -hmm. is so difficult today. People, oh, yeah. we live in such an immediate gratification society where people lack discipline. And it requires discipline, a will to live. And, you know, today that is really few and far between of the people who walk through our doors. Yeah. I, so you know, it's, it's easier said than done. And it's like you're saying, it's where we're very much instant gratification society. Yeah. And, and I'm guilty of, of going for the easy option or the easy out of, of whether it's food or whether it has to do with like waste or anything like that, like just taking like the, the to, to go order of, you know, going out to eat and everything like that. And it's just, you know, dialing it back and remembering that's true. Getting that nice reset to remember, Hey, I feel better when I eat these things or my that's body right. reacts better that's when I eat these things. And that's right. Yeah. With cancer case in point, like if you don't want the cancer to come back, you got to be nice to your body. That's right. <laughs> so with, with everything uh, that. Dr. Gerson was continuing to treat and, and cure, no recurrences. And, and also what you're seeing, like how, how did it end up ultimately going down into Mexico? Well, if I open this clinic in the United States, right? I mean, yeah. I go to jail. It's yeah. that simple. I mean, they shut it down and I go to jail and people yeah. say, well, why would treating cancer with fruits and vegetables, coffee enemas and supplements cause you to go to jail mm -hmm. because the only accepted form of treatment in the United States for cancer is chemotherapy and radiation. If you make the claims that you're successfully treating cancer with nutrition, detoxification, whatever, that's not chemotherapy and radiation. That is by law illegal. It's that simple. Let, let, let me give you an example. And this is where that expression, this expression of the law takes place. If you have a child and that child's not 18 yet and they come down with cancer 
and you say to the oncologist, thank you very much. You know, I appreciate the diagnosis. Uh, thank you for our treatment options, but we're going to elect to go a different route. We're going to do diet and nutrition, or we're going to do the Gerson therapy. Mm-hmm. No joke. Within a half hour, social services is in that oncologist's office. They will take your child and you will go to jail. That is the law. And you see that often. You see cases come out in the media, the major media, where a family refuses to do conventional treatment on their child Mm -hmm. and they're helpless. The child's taken away or they're forced to do the chemo. Yeah. And then they're looked at as crazy. (laughs) Yeah. They're, you know, yeah. Uh, uh, I wish, I wish there were more. I, there was more availability for people to, to decide on their own and to do their own research. Yeah. Because, you know, this, I, this is a definitely a triggering subject when, when you're told that you have cancer, that C word is scary. Like you ultimately are like, okay, let's do whatever we got to do. And you just, you just go with what the treatment the doctor said. And of course you're going to trust your doctor, you know, like mm. to medical school and all these things. But for some people, they, they just don't know that there could be a possible option for them that would be better that would work better um and i think i think like that's that's so important for people to do their due diligence and do their research it's really unfortunate that it's illegal in the united states yeah no it's 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 really criminal (laughs) yeah you know but but you shouldn't expect any less of them you know just looking at what we've been dealing with for the last two years it's criminal i mean it's criminal so uh that's so many. <laughs> we could easily go off on a tangent. <laughs> uh, with, I, I feel like I, I kind of lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Uh, with with everything we talked about, with with uh, going licenses being illegal and everything like that, let's just kind of turn back a little bit to cancer. And I this is a note that I found really interesting, and I feel like it's a good flow. Cancer is not genetic; it's an issue of epi- epigenetics, lifestyle, and environment. We kind of touched on that a little bit with like environment and lifestyle. Tell me more about why cancer is not genetics. People say like, oh, my mom had cancer. Yeah. I'm at risk and all these things. So biggest lie, biggest lie that? going. Yeah. Okay. Biggest lie going. Right. So in 1900, one out of every 60, some say one out of every hundred people got cancer. Now we're down to one out of every two, one out of every two people. Now they say are guaranteed to get cancer in their lifetime. And with everything going on, you can rest assured by 2050, we're all going to get it. You know, so what happened between 1900 and now that caused the rates to go through the roof? That's not genetics. Genetics over, you know, based on evolutionary theory takes tens, if not, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of years. Right. So what's happened between 1900 and now a massive expansion of the Industrial Revolution? We've belched every poison into our food, our air, our water, the stress in our lives, our relationships, and we've absolutely destroyed the human body in the process. You know, so people say, well, my mom got breast cancer, my granny got breast cancer, my aunties got breast cancer, therefore, I'm going to get breast cancer because it's genetic. That's nonsense. What runs in families? Habits, lifestyles, environmental exposure, and so Cancer is not genetic in the sense that you're just doomed to get it because your family got it. Mm -hmm. Cancer is genetic in the sense that 
we're all predisposed to get something, right? Yes. It may be breast cancer in your family. It might be prostate cancer in my family. We're all predisposed. But once we step outside the laws of nature and we disobey those laws, those genetics are going to express themselves in what we know as disease, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the environment that we're exposing ourselves to that are causing these predispositional factors to express themselves. You're not doomed to get cancer. You are only going to get cancer if you step outside the laws of nature, whether in your personal life or all the garbage that we're being exposed to that's out of our control, right? So these are the predominating factors behind cancer and disease. It has nothing to do with genetics as you and I have been taught growing up. It's a related to how everything around us affects genetic material, exposing those predispositions. Nothing more, nothing less. It's lifestyle environment. Yep, and that's, and that, that's how it's expressed. I remember... Yeah. My mom, I did uh, like the 23andMe and you could get like your genetic like code yeah. or whatever. And I went to my um, integrative uh, doctor at the time for it. My mom was like, okay, now don't freak out if they say that like you're predisposed to this, this or this. It's just like, it doesn't mean that that's your, your sentence. It's how yeah. that genetic or that gene can be expressed. Like that's it right. doesn't mean that it's, it's going to happen. It's just there. It's in your code. It doesn't mean that you're going to activate it or not activate it. Crazy. They actually yeah. tell you that on, on yeah. that. Yeah. The, there was like this like printout that my doctor said, get the option of this. It was like the weird, like genetic oh, code geez. and everything. And I was like, okay, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. But, um, yeah. They can look at it and like, cause uh, she was concerned about uh, I don't even remember, but it, it was a million years ago for me, but like, I was just like, Oh, okay, well, I'm not going to just focus on if they say in your genetics, you might be predisposed to breast cancer or whatever. Just, right. But like, if, as long as I'm not like abusing my body too much or That's abusing right. my body, I, I should right. be okay. And I just got to be careful. Um, but it's interesting that you talk about it, the environmental factors. Yeah. It, you know, it goes, it goes back to where you grew up or. Yeah. The type of foods your mom maybe ate when you were you were in her belly, and um, the type of cleaning solutions you use. Um, well, look what happened! Look what happened with Fukushima, right? Yeah. When when Fukushima happened, the entire West Coast of the United States came down with thyroid disorders, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so crazy. It's nuts. It's nuts how how all these environmental factors and your lifestyle factors can affect how your genetics are expressed or the type of disease that you do. Yeah. That's right. Get throughout your lifetime uh, with, we just talked about the key uh, causes of uh, cancer and degenerative disease, uh, the cellular science behind health and disease. Are you able to go more into that? I, I feel like you Simple. touched on it. Okay. I was like, I don't know. Oh, no. Oh, I didn't touch on it yet. <laughs> okay, I was like, I'm not I sure. Know. There's we, like, my brain is going to explode at some point in this conversation. Yeah, it will. <laughs> Look, you know, so obviously an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? Everyone calls it the Gerson therapy. Uh, you know, they look at it as a therapy, but it's not. It's, it's actually prevention as well, right? It's a lifestyle in the end. So if you read Dr. Gerson's book that he wrote, the classic book called The Cancer Therapy, Results of 50 Cases, if you read that book, you will see one word that he mentions over and over and over again. And that word is the secret to health, and it's the secret to reversing advanced disease. What is that word? 
It's metabolism. It's metabolism. Look, in the media, when we're taught about risk factors for cancer, what's the first thing they always say is the primary risk factor for cancer? Obesity. Yeah. You always hear the obesity cancer risk. Yeah. Why? Metabolism. What is metabolism? Let's define it. This is biochemistry 101. I learned this in biochemistry 101 the first three weeks of school. All right. But they never, <laughs> they never taught us that that were the implications of disease, health, and curing disease. So metabolism, by definition, is the breakdown of food into energy. Yes. When you see someone who's sick and dying, what do you notice? They're lethargic. Why are they lethargic? They've lost the capacity to produce energy on a cellular level, right? Yeah. Okay. Your immune system requires massive amounts of energy on a daily basis to maintain health and certainly to cure a sick and dying body. That's what your body uses to maintain health and to rally the immune system. It needs energy. We are energy producing and conserving creatures. That is the existence of life. When that very principle, the breakdown of food into energy is destroyed, that's when disease sets in. Okay, so where does the breakdown of food begin and take place? In the gut. Mm -hmm. How many times have we heard that 70% of your immune system is in the gut? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. So is it any wonder that 70% of your immune system is in the gut? Metabolism, the breakdown of food into energy. We have done everything humanly possible to destroy our guts. Yeah. From the crappy processed foods we eat, you know, the high fat, high salt, high sugar, high processed diets, all the drugs we take, the antibiotics. I mean, we have just been inundated with destroying our guts, not to mention stress. I mean, stress destroys the gut too, right? So we have to repair the gut if you're going to restore proper metabolism. And obviously, the only way you can repair the gut is through proper food. Mm -hmm. And that's where the Gerson therapy reigns supreme of all therapies. You get 20 pounds of organic fruits and vegetables on a daily basis on the Gerson therapy. Every single day, 20 pounds. You're getting 13 fresh pressed juices every hour on the hour. And you're getting three organic meals. So, this is how you address that part of metabolism, right? Now, how does the body create energy? The way it creates energy is two ways. It creates it from sugar or it creates it from fat. The body prefers sugar. Evolutionarily, evolutionarily, the human body desires carbohydrates for conversion into energy. The keto people who have it completely wrong tell you that sugar feeds cancer. Therefore, you need to go on a high-fat, high-protein diet to starve the cancer. 
Nothing could be further from the truth. And we're going to go into this. Okay. The cellular, indisputable cellular science behind that statement. So the body will only use fat for energy when, when it, when it's when the body prefers to use fat for energy, starvation. Mm -hmm. When you're fasting or you're starving, the body will utilize fat for energy. That's the only time it wants to use fat for energy. The rest is sugar. So let's explain that. So here's your cell. Inside your cell, you have little things called mitochondria. Mitochondria. They take sugar or fat. They take sugar. And in the presence of oxygen, they will convert it into energy. Okay. Now. What does it require in order to convert it into energy? It requires oxygen. This is very vital to understand. The way the mitochondria make and the body makes energy is it requires sugar and oxygen. If you cannot get oxygen into the cell, you can't convert that sugar into energy. It will now get broken down into lactic acid fermentation okay if oxygen isn't present just like wine just like beer it <laughs> ferments right it's very logical yes <laughs> it's simple this is what i mean it's biochemistry 101 yeah so in the presence of oxygen the mitochondria will take sugar and convert it into energy if no oxygen is present it will get broken down into lactic acid and that feeds disease including cancer. Now, how many times have you heard this? Alkalinity promotes health. Acidity promotes disease. Yeah. Right? Like a lot. How many times have you heard that? Yeah. Alkaline diet promotes health. Acidic diet promotes disease. Yeah. The Gerson therapy, highly alkaline, cures disease and promotes health. The acidic keto diet ultimately will promote disease. And I'm going to explain why. In 1931, Otto Warburg won the Nobel Prize in Medicine for proving that cancer cannot survive in a body where the cells are properly oxygenated. And he went on to describe that the body's primary ability to oxygenate cells is completely dependent on an alkaline diet. That is what he won the Nobel Prize on. He went on to describe that an alkaline diet was what would cause the body's ability to properly oxygenate cells. Now, let me explain why that is. When we're talking about alkalinity and acidity, what are we talking about? We're talking about pH, right? We're talking about pH. Well, what is pH? pH is potential hydrogen. That's what it means. Potential hydrogen. This is very important to understand because this is the secret to health and disease. pH is potential hydrogen. Now, let me take you back to the cell. Remember, Inside your cell, you have these little things called mitochondria. Yes. Now, what is around your cell? 
around your cell, you have a cell membrane, right? Mm -hmm. What's that cell membrane made up of? It's made up of fats. It's made up of fats. What kind of fats? Whatever fats you're feeding it. Whatever fats you're feeding it, obviously the body's going to go to maintain that cell membrane. It's not going to grab fats out of thin air and, you know, it's going to, whatever fats you're feeding it is going to make up that cell membrane. Mm -hmm. That cell membrane, that's what oxygen and nutrients, they all have to pass through there in order to get into the cell. That cell is the gatekeeper. It determines what can go in. It determines what can't go in. It determines what has to come out. And it's all determined at the level of the cell membrane based on the electrical charge at the level of the cell membrane. Okay. Now, that electrical charge is going to be completely dependent on the kinds of fats that make up that cell membrane. What kind of fats are we all eating today? Saturated Cookies, fat. cake. <laughs> Cookies, cake, yeah. ice cream, meat, dairy, cheese, oils, all of these oils, coconut oil, highly, highly saturated. Mm -hmm. What are saturated fats saturated with? Do you know? Fats are carbon chains. Okay. They're chains of carbon. And they're defined based on their saturation with? Hydrogen. Mm. What is pH? Potential hydrogen. <laughs> Potential hydrogen. What's the definition? What's the definition of acidity? It's the buildup of hydrogen in the body. That is the definition of acidity. Okay. It's the buildup of these individual hydrogen ions in the body. So if your diet's loaded with saturated fats, okay, and other acidic things as well, but primarily saturated fats, that's going to go to maintain your cell membranes. What happens in this scenario? As oxygen approaches the cell, the charge cannot accept it. It literally repels the charge and oxygen gets repelled away. When you are acidic, the definition I told you of acidity is the buildup of hydrogen. Yeah. The other definition and the purer definition of acidity is the improper utilization of oxygen. When you are acidic, you cannot get oxygen into the cell. Therefore, you cannot convert your food into energy. It's going to get broken down into lactic acid, and it's going to cause disease. Where the ketogenic people have it right, where they have it right, is that sugar would feed disease in an acidic body. Yeah, sugar, <laughs> sugar heals disease in an alkaline body. 
because when you alkalinize the body, i.e. get rid of the hydrogen at the level of the cell membrane and running around the body, mm -hmm. you restore the body's ability to get oxygen into the cell to convert food into energy. And this is what Warburg won his Nobel Prize in 1931 on. This is so basic and fundamental yeah. But those two things, alkalinity and acidity, have never been described to us in those simple terms. Yeah. I was like, I took science in high school, college, grad school. I I, I don't know that, why they don't teach you that. That's <laughs> exactly that right. Knowledge. I, don't, I don't know. Exactly. So yeah. how do you restore human health? Two things you must address. Actually, four, but we're going to discuss these two. <laughs> You have to change the fats at the level of the cell membrane. Okay. You, the Gerson therapy, there's no saturated fat on the Gerson therapy. Mm -hmm. Do you know the human body is capable of making its own saturated fat? You've heard of essential fatty acids, yeah. right? Yeah. Do you know what the word essential means? It means that you must get it from yeah, your diet. That's exactly right. The body doesn't make it. So saturated fats are not essential fatty acids because the human body can make them. You don't need a, hardly any saturated fats in your diet. You don't. Okay. You need essential fatty acids. So what do we do? Completely eliminate saturated fats. We bombard the body with flax oil. Gerson tried every oil available to him. The only oil that didn't cause cancer to grow was flax oil. Wow. And, and we'll go into that. Yeah. But, and the reason why is because what is flax oil? It's a poly unsaturated fat. Poly means many. All its carbon chains have no saturation. Why is that so significant? That gives it its electrical charge. So when you have flax oil making up the cell membrane, mm -hmm. it literally acts as a magnet to draw oxygen into the cell. The charge literally sucks oxygen in. That is ingenious. That is the secret to everything. And so you properly have to restore metabolism to heal disease. We already said you have to heal the gut. Now that you've healed the gut, you now have to heal cellular metabolism by changing the fats in the diet to change the charge within the system so that oxygen can be restored. The other thing you must do Destroying the internal cellular metabolism is salt. Mm. Salt is destroying internal cellular metabolism. Every single patient and companion that comes to my clinic, when they come to my clinic, they will all leave 7 to 15 pounds lighter in salt and water weight that they're storing up in their bodies. Salt 
it swells up the cell with water. Yeah. How can the mitochondria and all the other organelles inside the cell function properly in this environment? You have to restore the cell's proper internal integrity by getting all sodium and water out. What's the other dangerous side effect of sodium consumption? What converts your sugar into energy? The mitochondria, right? With the presence of oxygen, the mitochondria. What organ has the specific responsibility of making mitochondria? Do you know? I'm the, like trying to go back. <laughs> the thyroid, the thyroid, the thyroid oh, gland. <laughs> Okay. Other organs will pick that up if the mm -hmm. thyroid's not there, right? Mm -hmm. and, but like the liver, I believe, okay? okay? But the thyroid, that's why the thyroid's your main metabolic organ. Yes. Yeah. When someone's low energy, they're cold all the time, yeah. they're yeah. overweight, they're losing their hair on the sides of their eyebrows, you know, they're losing their, what do we say? They're low thyroid, right? Yeah. Okay. So, What's the thyroid gland completely dependent on? Iodine, yeah. right? It's dependent on iodine. Well, what is salt? Salt is sodium chloride. Okay. Okay. Well, people say, well, I don't eat the, the table salt. I eat the good salt. I eat Himalayan salt. I eat Celtic salt. There's no such thing as good salt. There's such thing as better salt. Yeah. But there's no such thing as good salt. Why? Table salt's 99.9% .9 sodium chloride. Do you know what happens when you consume it? You displace iodine from the thyroid gland. It displaces iodine from the thyroid gland. So does bromine and so does fluoride. Bromine in bread, bromine in bread. That's why in a health food store, you see bread from unbrominated flour. Today, breads are made with bromine, displaces iodine. Fluoride displaces iodine, but sodium chloride displaces iodine. That's why they came out with table salt. What happened? People started looking like chickens and turkeys. They ended up with goiter. Yeah. So what did they do? They iodized it. They put, yeah. Just so you don't look like a turkey or a chicken. <laughs> it's still destroying the thyroid gland on a subclinical level and your mitochondrial production, okay? So that's table salt. Well, what about Himalayan salt or Celtic salt? That's 86 to 87% sodium chloride. Okay. There's a reason why the Dead Sea's dead. The sodium chloride content can't support life. Yeah. Gerson therapy, no fat other than flax oil, no salt other than what naturally occurs in fruits and vegetables. Those are the two primary rules. You have to heal the gut because that is the breakdown of food. Yeah. Then you have to restore the body's ability to convert that food into energy. That's it. That is the secret to health. That is the secret to disease. And that's why the Gerson therapy historically is the most effective therapy for being able to reverse advanced disease of any kind. I feel like I want to cry. <laughs> Because now that my thyroid's gone, 
Yeah, but your your th- your body's picking it up. I, yeah. Look, I have no, no. I'm just thinking about like the things, like the way you broke it down. It makes complete sense. And yeah, something. And but let I me have, tell you something. Background, and I didn't even like know that. Like what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I that's why I want to cry. <laughs> I have a, you made me cry. <laughs> I have a cured lymphoma patient who came to us with a complete thyroidectomy. Okay. Okay. So she had a complete thyroidectomy before she came to us with lymphoma. She's completely alive and well today. Amazing. Amazing. The body's resilient. It is. It has backup systems. Yeah. Those backup systems don't necessarily function as efficiently as the original, right? Yeah. But you keep yourself healthy based on these principles that we're we're teaching, you're gonna be well. Mm -hmm. Okay. But you gotta obey those principles. Right. But the reality is pH, potential hydrogen, acidity by definition is the buildup of hydrogen in the body which by definition means you cannot properly oxygenate the tissues. If you cannot properly oxygenate cells, you cannot convert food into energy. You cannot maintain a healthy immune system. You cannot heal a sick and dying one. Therefore, you know. So anyway, that's it. Simple. That is the crux of the Gerson therapy. It makes sense. It, the breakdown, like like I said, my, my brain, I definitely had to focus. My, my brain is almost ex- exploding, but it makes sense. And it's yeah, logical. it's simple. Um, uh, I, I kind of want to like ask, and I feel once again, I feel like I know the answer, but like when physicians go to, you know, to school to, to, get their education they take all these courses and they you know they do internal medicine they do orthopedics they do all these things why don't they learn this like why don't they learn in a long like big nutrition i'm a chiropractor okay (laughs) and that that's why like I've, i've known this forever like physicians don't have a huge course on nutrition like why why because the medical and pharmaceutical industry clearly understand those who programmed the the curriculum Mm -hmm. they clearly understood that nutrition heals disease it's that simple look at who's the father of medicine hippocrates yeah what were hippocrates famous quotes let food be your medicine (laughs) and medicine be your food Mm -hmm. he also said look to the spine as the cause of disease a chiropractor why did the AMA have a branch within their organization designed to eliminate chiropractic through the use of propaganda. Why were they convicted of conspiracy in 1980? In 19, listen, no joke. If anybody, if anybody ever calls you a conspiracy theorist, you lead them to the court case, the AMA versus Wilk, the AMA versus Wilk. Charles Wilk, a chiropractor from Illinois, took the entire AMA to court, accusing the AMA of trying to eliminate chiropractic through propaganda. How many times have you heard chiropractors are quacks? Yeah. That goes back to the AMA's campaign against chiropractic. Mm -hmm. In 1987, Judge Susan Danner, federal district court judge out of Illinois, found the entire AMA guilty of conspiracy, conspiring to eliminate a licensed profession. They're not stupid. They know what cures disease. 
They know because we're stealing the money from them. So that, yeah. And so this is why your medical doctors, I feel sorry for the medical doctors. They go and they dedicate a large stressful portion of their lives to learning the human body and trying to help people. But in their second, third year of education, the first two years essentially are the same as my education. We learn the same exact things. And then they are manipulated and dragged into pharmaceuticals and surgery where we're manipulated into adjusting the human spine <laughs> and nutrition, Yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. That is the crux of the matter. They get less than 10 hours of nutrition and that 10 hours is on I the food that. and that's the on the food pyramid. pyramid. Oh. <laughs> exactly. That's so outdated. Oh my God. So these doctors, forgive me, but they are as ignorant as they come. I have so much respect for an MD who's able to come out of that system and take on integrative medicine, natural medicine. That is such a hard leap for a medical doctor. Do you know when a medical doctor enters school, their first trimester, they're given a book called Quackery in America. What? Quacker, yes, okay. written by Stephen Barrett, every medical doctor gets a book called Quackery in America, their first trimester. And like guess who's, yep. And guess <laughs> no, who's, fr kidding, really. yeah, no. And guess who's front and center in that book? Dr. Max Gerson. No. They're programmed from day one. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. So there you go. That's why. Well, that covers the, the corruption of medical and pharmaceutical industries. Okay. Um, so I'm curious, uh, with, with the documentaries that you've been a part of and mm. that have covered Dr. Gerson and that have covered, uh, integrative, uh, medicine, what kind of effects have you seen from that? Like pushback from the, the medical industry, the pharmaceutical industry, or even just regular people like good or bad. Yeah. Well, I've maintained being a small fish in a big sea, even in yeah. that realm, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, even though I'm in the truth about cancer and my patients in the beautiful truth, I don't, I'm not out there shouting it from the rooftops. Mm -hmm. Someone you might want to ask would be someone like um, Ty Bollinger, not, not maybe not necessarily him as well, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., right? Robert F. Kennedy Jr., I mean, talk about a guy who's front and center nationally on his anti-vaccination stance, right? Um, Aaron Elizabeth, Joe Mercola, right? Aaron Elizabeth, yeah, you know Joe Mercola? Mm -hmm. Well, his partner is Aaron Elizabeth. She's been to our clinic several times. She comes to our clinic for detox. Well, she's completely censored off of all her social media outlets, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. She had health nut news. She was huge, completely off all of those sites now. She's been kicked off. So someone like me, I've laid very low and I have to because I'm treating people with cancer. Yeah. If I get kicked off all of these search engines and stuff, mm -hmm. who's going to find me? You know, so I haven't really experienced that yet. Um, I'm not sure doing all these interviews is going to help me very much, you know, but well, I wouldn't say I'm like a huge podcast, so they won't worry well, too much with me. <laughs> but I have had, you know, there are yeah. some who've been quite large, you know, yeah, and so. Yeah. 
but I'm just a small fish in a big sea right now. And, mm -hmm. and, and I, I prefer to remain that way so that, you know, if people needing help have access to me. I think that's, I think that's really important. And for just people to know that, yeah, you exist and there's options out there for them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think this is a really good spot and other, if, unless there's something else that you would like to, to add, um, what you've had advice throughout, um, I guess for our listeners out there, whether cancer related, not cancer related for our cancer patients or not, what kind of advice do you have for them? Um, obviously there's a ton for them to learn from today. Oh yes. Yeah. So much more. Just yeah. how to get started, like with, you know, just helping cleansing their gut and then going yeah. from there, but yeah. any other just like basic advice, good advice that you learned from people that like were your inspiration throughout uh, school and everything. Yeah, no, I mean, look, we're reversing virtually every single degenerative disease, you know, diabetes, six weeks, high blood pressure, two weeks, scheduled for a triple quadruple bypass surgery in a month, in a month, we're canceling your surgery, you know, so these things are really easy to cure, but you must revert back to a low to no sodium diet loaded with fruits and vegetables, very little animal products, very minimal processed foods. These are the things that you have to eliminate. You have to bombard the body with pure organic. Do not buy conventional produce. And we don't eat, we didn't even talk about that. So yeah, I was about to say, we can get yeah, into that too. If yeah. <laughs> look, we could talk for another two hours about know, things right? that we missed, you know? So, but no salt, low fat, Fruits and vegetables, 80% of the day, organic. Don't cook with oils. Oils are so destructive to cook with. Even the oils they tell you are okay to cook with because they have, quote, high temperature thresholds. They don't. They break down even at high temperatures. They're toxic. So these are things that people, this is what's precipitating disease today based on acidity, we ex which we described thoroughly. Yeah. But other than that, no, you know, I mean, that those are the that's the crux of the matter. So that's my advice. Oh, gosh, it was. Oh, my gosh, this is so informative. Mm. And uh, for for me, like I was saying, like years ago, I did the uh, Institute for Integrative Nutrition is just a lot of information there. And then even even more information, especially with the science basis that you, you did explain things like down mm. to a very like basic easy easy level for us like commoners out here yeah <laughs> so for people to be able to understand it and to look even more into it for themselves to do yeah. to research you and to, to learn more about dr gerson too and, and his studies i think that's very yeah. important to do your due diligence yeah. on that for sure absolutely how how can we find you how um what I'm sure there's a million things that you recommend people research and read, but let's, yeah. let's start with basis. How can we find you? How can we learn more about you, whether it's a website or. Uh, yeah, great. Thank you. Yeah. My website is gersonclinic.com and Gerson is G E R S O N gersonclinic.com. Uh, you know, if you can write me, it comes directly to me director at gersonclinic.com. Okay. And if you go to, and this is for your listeners, you know, we have a little gift for your listeners. If you go to our, yeah, if you go to our website, okay, and you click on gift okay. and you put in the password podcast, okay. all lowercase, all lowercase, put in the uh, password podcast, you can listen to all our private videos of me in, of instructing, doing lectures, doing interviews, re reinforcing things that you heard today on your podcast. So that's for our private clientele who've been to our clinic. 
So if they go to podcast or go to gift, click on gift on our website, put in podcast, lowercase, they have access to all those private videos of me educating on the science behind the Gerson therapy, what you just heard today as well about acidity, also the supplement protocol on the Gerson therapy and how that relates okay. to pH and, and restoring metabolism because that's incredible as well. Yeah. Just Gerson supplement protocol. It's ingenious yeah, and it brother. reinforces everything you learned today. Yeah. So gersonclinic.com, any disease you're suffering with, more than likely we can help you. Um, if we can't, trust me, we're going to tell you we can't. We're not going to bring you to our clinic if we don't that. believe that we can help you. I love that. You're not yeah. BSing anybody. No. Just trying to take money. It's not about the money. No. So that's great. That's right. I feel like this podcast was for, for the listeners out there. This is a great little like intro and a little taste of the information that you will learn at gersonclinic.com. Um, and thank you for the gift. So once again, guys, I'll, I'll include the information on how to get there in the episode notes below. Um, I'll probably also post it on my Instagram as well, just so the listeners can, can check it out and learn some more. Um, I know I'm my curiosity and, uh, the sponge of knowledge is peaked. So I'm definitely going to go check it out. So thank you for sharing that with our listeners and thank My you for pleasure. your time and it, the education today on, on your background and Gerson clinic and Dr. Gerson as well. So Dr. Vickers, thank you so much for being here today. It was truly an honor to get to be able to, to chat with you and to learn from you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.